All right, it's the DT difference. It's 30 years experience in the game. DT systems. E-collars we've been using for a while now, but let's quickly talk about their dummy launchers. They got the Super Pro dummy launcher and the remote dummy launcher. It's a great way for you and your dog to get ready for duck season. Loud bangs, make sure your dog's cool with gunfire before you use it. But I want you to add it to your repertoire, bag of tricks, and get you and your dog ready for duck season. It's the Super Pro Dummy Launcher by DT. Our baby Gunner Kennels. Man, one of the things that I love about Gunner Kennels is they're thinking about our older hunting buddies. Old Buck, he hangs out in a Gunner Kennel when he goes to and fro. And in his, we've got the ortho pad. He's got the old joints. And even if your dog's not old like Buck, you just want a little bit of added protection as you're rolling down the road to keep that dog from bouncing around a little bit. So the ortho pad, super huge. If you got a younger dog that may dig a little bit, maybe chew a little bit, that performance pad is going to be clutch as well. So check it out. It's the full kit brought to you by Gunner Kennels, always innovating our industry and always keeping your dog safe. Sliding the dms if you'd like to learn more about getting you and your dog into a gunner kennel have you wondered if you want to force fetch your dog maybe you think your dog's too soft maybe you're too nervous to screw quote unquote screw your dog up let me help you i built a start to finish course with different dogs different breeds and different personalities from start to finish to show you how that you and your dog can do it successfully and easy jump in links in the description we'd be happy to help you let's go let's set goals and get you and your dog where you want to be this duck season Well, Shamalama Ding Dong, we got another one for you. Thanks for tuning in to Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. This is Robert J. Owens Jr., a.k.a. Uncle Bob. And we got Big Papa. <laughs> Big Daddy. Mm. Mm. Oh, he did it. Do it again. Mm. Kevin. Daddy. I don't know if... We've, we've announced it. Kevin's got a kid. Popped one out. Rachel's his wife downstairs mothering his beautiful young boy named Jack Francis Owens. The good little man. Yep. Good little man. Yep. So Kevin, Yeah, he's a lone duckling. Kevin's a responsible adult, you know, contributing to society, you know, procreating and whatnot. Uncle Bob's got pups. Yeah, a bunch of them. Bunch of pups. <laughs> Hope their moms are good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, now, uh, yeah, so big old Uncle Bob here with, with young Jack downstairs. Um, we got a good podcast for you. We're going to do an Instagram Live. We haven't done this in a while. So we are going to just hang out on Instagram, and we're going to ask, ask questions, answer questions, BS, do our deal. Have fun with it. This is going to be a fun episode, and I'm sure it'll be enlightening. Meh, maybe. <laughs> we don't know yet. We haven't done yet. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. But first, you know what we got to do. You can Uba, baby. The food that fuels the truck of Lone Duck. Just ordered myself another pallet. Did you now? Yeah. What was the breakdown? What'd you order? Oh, 25 bags of 30-20, and I think eight bags of puppy. That's a haul. 
Yeah, that bill sucked. That's all right. But you can do my baby. You can do my baby. <laughs> Deal in the truck. <laughs> so when when everybody complains about that uh, m- minor price increase, order 40 of them yeah. and come at me, brah. Yeah. Now, it's worth it, though. They're doing good. That's all I can say. So when you got to worry about 10 bucks a month more, worry about my 40 bags more and you know and think about that on a value standpoint where it's like you know what hey you put your money where your mouth is you know yeah it's like hey come on these guys are athletes you know we can't be feeding them hot dogs and hamburgers and then expecting them to go play an nfl game we want them to be eating the real deal that's going to fuel their muscles and help them overnight recover from the hard day today so that tomorrow they can hammer it. So feed the best bingo, bango bongo. Try that three month challenge. Everybody I know who's done it on the old Instagram says, sent me a message like, Hey man, I just want to let you know three months in I'm pleased. Thank you. So take, take it, try it. If you don't try it, suck it. Next up. <laughs> Doctor, baby. I got some good pictures of you and Ember in your Edge RT the other day. I meant to send those to you. Come out good. Ember the Chessie. An award-winning Chessie. An award-winning master national plate holding Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Yeah, she's a good dog, man. She needs that Edge RT once in a while. Not on a high level. Very low stimulation, but that's the benefit of the Edge RT for me. Um, you can learn more about them on the Lone Duck Outfitters website, but uh, it's eight levels, one through eight, but you have low, medium, and high in each level, so I can fine-tune the correction per dog, and when I push that button, I know it's delivering the stimulation level that I need. Not too hot, not too cold, just right. Next up, Gunner Kennels. Oh, that, 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 that band's best kennel, baby, made in America. What else do you want when you're rolling down the road and, you know, old Forrest Gump said, Psh, it happens. That was his tagline. Psh, it happens. You want to be protected and you want your dog to be protected. You know, there's a reason why people are buying cars these days with airbags out the wazoo they got airbags in the freaking side view mirrors and backup cameras and if you turn in the wrong lane went the wrong time it'll push you back in the right lane it's called safety folks and you're buying it to keep your kids safe and let me tell you your kids aren't running hunt tests and getting your ribbons so geez get a gunner kennel for your dog participation trophies. yeah they're getting participation trophies for being 15th place in dance class. Okay? <laughs> Get a gunner kennel and protect a dog that gets you ribbons. Gah! And ducks. And ducks. Okay? Gah! <laughs> Next up, smoke them if you got them. I just ate some pulled pork. It was World Traeger Day. It might have been National World Traeger Day this past weekend. We went to town. Yeah, we went hard in the paint Traeger on paint. smoking. I'm smoked out. We had, uh, I made a pulled pork, a pork butt, and I will tell you right now, this is how I did it. I'm going to, I'm going to take a segue second here. 
It's how I did it. And I've, I've learned from folks who do it better than me. I am, I'm not the best. Traeger makes it easier on me, but I'm not the best. Old pterodactyl Tarnecki, now he's a meat man. He knows his way around a, a piece of meat. If you know what I'm saying. Do it overnight. That way you're not stressed to have dinner on at 6 p.m. and you were up at 6 and the meat's not perfectly done and the temperature's not right and it didn't have time to rest and you you pull it off the smoker a little early and you're hoping for the best and it's good. It's not great. I've been there, I've done that, and I've screwed it up on a brisket really. But pulled pork... I've done well with, but there are times I've done the pulled pork where you're like, man, I just, it's not falling off the bone. It's not like shredding perfect. Well, old Blaine says, do it overnight. You know, 10 p.m., you're getting ready for bed. You got that sucker rolling and ready. Put it on. Make sure your hopper's full. Wake up early in the next morning, which we have to do every day anyway. So we get up early. I think I got up at, I don't know, 5.30. Hopper still had enough in it, filled that sucker up. What temperature were we at? I was at like, I don't know, let's say 150, and at 160, you got to wrap it. So I was like, dang, this is perfect timing. So, you know, air dogs, get my morning chores done. I get a little force fetch done, and I come back 160, wrap that booty up. So now let's say it's uh, 730 in the morning. Wrap that pig up. Lunchtime. It hits that prime 204. You pull that booty off. And it's a little bit sweaty. (laughs) Supple booty. You can smell it, can't you? It's ripe. Booty. What'd you what'd you rub it with? I rubbed it down with meat, <laughs> with meat church. Oh, my buddy Gus, who bought one of Andy's puppies, brought me over a, a shaker of meat church. I forget what it's called, but it's like tasted good on the wings. Yeah, I forget. It was like a sweet honey rub, right? Real, really, really good. So I rubbed it down with that, but. I pulled that booty off, and what you do when it reaches that temperature is you don't, like, shred it then and serve it. You wrap it in a towel and put it in a cooler. Now, I've got a designated cooler for my meat, and it's one of those uh, cheap-ass styrofoam coolers, like $3 at a gas station. Classy. Yeah, come on, bro. Put it in that and sit. And it sat in that cooler in a towel, wrapped up for like three more hours. And I just, I kept working all day, whatever, forgot about it. And I came back and when I pulled it out, it literally fell apart. And it was the best pulled pork I've made yet. So there's your pro tip from the pterodactyl through me on how to smoke that meat is the time. Give it time. You pull it off too early It's going to be good, but it's not going to be great. Time and patience is what makes that meat sexy. Next up, Mm, Bismuth. 
what else do I have to say? I think that's it. Mm, bismuth. Can't. The can't cartridge. Baby. I haven't killed anything with it in a while, and I'm really itching. My, my freaking trigger finger has itched me since January. Now, I've shot some clay birds with their, their ammo. You weren't shooting bismuth at, when we were uh, Yeah, it, it was satisfying. Clays. It was satisfying. But that finger, it's just... It, it's Gotta just, get busy. <laughs> getting busy with that bismuth. Give them the business with the bismuth, baby. Check them out. Kent Cartridge on the old Instagrams. Tell them that we sent you when you go, mm, bismuth. Thank you. We appreciate it. I want you to annoy the hell out of them by doing that. Much appreciated. Lastly, Waypoint Outdoor Collective. In tune with you. In tune with us. Number 78 in Canada. Maybe uh, number 15, Kevin said, somewhere. Probably Antarctica. Because there's 15 people in Antarctica. Yeah, well, we're crushing it with them. Yeah, apparently they all tune in. Yeah. Anyways, all right, let's get into the show. We got a bunch of Q&As on the old Instagram lives, so there should be some excellent, excellent, tangible tidbits for you today. And you know we got to do it. We appreciate you all. Check out that LoneDuckOutfitters.com, baby, for all your Lone D gear. Those three-quarter sleeve old school hipster Whatever you want to call my old BMX days, shredded shredder's gonna shred, bruh. Wearing the Memphis shirt, the lone duck shirt, three quarter sleeve, they're sexy. A hat, whatever you gotta grab, we appreciate you supporting the show. And I promise if I see you at a hunt test wearing my gear, I'm gonna come up and give you a old high five. There was someone at the uh oh man, Music City Hunt Test. Yeah. This past weekend, rocking some lone duck gear. The, the guys down at Gunner were there and said that there's Lone Duck stuff everywhere. Hey, virtual high five, baby. Yeah, buddy. Thank you for supporting the show. We appreciate you more than you know. And if you want to just, you know, hey, buy us a beer, check out patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. You know, for a very little amount a month, you get a little bit more of my knowledge and uh, answering your questions uh, very rapidly. And there's different tiers that you can join. Da, da 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 We have, you know, probably at least once a month to twice a month, a happy hour where it's live Q&A with Kevin and I, where we can answer your specific questions in depth. Uh, but it's a real fun thing. And then you also are entered to win a free, all expenses paid hunt with the pit boss, Jeff Coates in Ocean City, Maryland, this winter to shoot some Skodas, baby. Shoot some Skodas. So one lucky Patreon winner is going to join Kevin and I on a all-expenses-paid trip. So for answering your questions here on the podcast or on Instagram or on Patreon or whatever it is, join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Be entered to win that hunt and have a, a beer with us on our happy hours. Thanks, guys. Let's get into the show. Thumbs up. All right, everybody can hear us okay. Scooch in here, Kev. Come on, baby. Get close. Don't be afraid to be close to me. Shout out to old Buck up top here in the background. We got you. Thank you. My boy Elliot from Handler's Choice. Shout out. I know Elliot from, he's from South Carolina. Um, he sells 
whistle lanyards, slip leads, steady tabs, all you all your needs as a handler uh, to take your dog to the line and be prepared at a test or during your training day. Super high quality. I forget what kind of material. Maybe Elliot can drop his website in on here if you would. And people can check it out and tell everybody what kind of material it is. Uh, we're waving at everybody. Thanks, guys, for joining. I'm going to take one more swig. Uh, last podcast, we talked a lot about handling. Jeez, man, thanks. You're welcome. The last podcast, we talked all about handling. Getting your dog to sit on a whistle. Um, mini T or three-handed casting. He said it's biothane, hcleashes.com. That's Handler's Choice, my buddy Elliot. Check him out. H as in Hector, C as in Charlie, leashes. Or if you were smart, you just would say Handler's, Handler's Choice. Choice. <laughs> working with him. We're still working. Not the smartest, not the sharpest tool in the shed there, bud. But anyways... So last podcast, we talked a lot about handling, uh, taking your dog from force pile to force to, uh, excuse me, force fetch to force to a pile to sitting on a whistle to three-handed casting to T-pattern, basically. And we went really, really in-depth. So I hope you all tuned into that. Um, I don't really know where to go but here, if, bud. Help but me. But if people have follow-up questions or thoughts or comments on that, feel free to drop that in. We can have a little bit of a part two. Um Buy him books and buy him books. Yeah. Oh, buy Picture him books, books and buy... Yeah. Picture books. No. Um, this is tough to read in. Talks. I'm going to have you do a little bit of the read. And uh, 207M Johnson asked, uh, thank you, how do you like the Pathfinder? Um, so we have the Dogtra Pathfinder um, that we've been running on the setters. Uh, which is new, only done it a handful of times so far, honestly, but it's been pretty cool. Um, I like that you're able to see um, a little bit of like their mileage and how fast they're running and their average speed and just kind of like fun stuff, honestly. Um, I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be mostly cool going hunting and hiking and stuff like that, see how far the dogs are running. Um, but I am... Honestly, we'll we'll give it a good review after grouse season. I agree. I think I, once I, grouse season is over, we're going to have a real educated decision on on the Pathfinder because yeah. and here's why because you I like their app. Everything works really well. You can use their app like offline, which is We're going to cool. try something new. People requested to be in your live video. Screw it. Let's go. Let's try it. I don't know how this is going to go. People probably won't be able to hear on the no, they won't. podcast. They won't on the podcast. All right. Running my first season test Saturday. Any pointers? <sighs> uh, yeah. Great question. Season test is HRC, Hunting Retriever Club. That is a UKC, United Kennel Club, sponsored hunt test. Um, I am the first one to admit that I have never ran a season test. I've ran a boatload of started tests when I lived in South Carolina working for Rhett, and I've ran some finished tests, 
but never a season. So I don't know the rules perfectly. What you need to be good at, doubles on land and water. You need to be able to run blinds. You need to be able to do a walk-up. Your dog needs to be under control in the holding blind. We've talked about this on the podcast in the past. Winning and losing starts at the holding blind. And the quickest tip is get yourself those uh, cheap, cheap, cheap landscaping poles. They're white, they're black, whatever, they're plastic. And you zip tie Walmart camo fabric and make three of them. So you got three poles and you zip tie three poles and put that dog in that holding blind and walk to the line every day. The entire two weeks before the test. And you need to amp the dog up. So you, maybe before, like let's say you're a lone, you're a lone trainer. Dog's in a crate in the bed of your truck. You get your setup done. Don't pull the dog up out and run the setup. Sit out front, blow a duck call, shoot your popper gun a bunch. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang. That dog's going to be in the crate going, what? Let's go. Now you're trying to increase the intensity level, the excitement level that they're going to feel at the test. Okay? So my job is to get that dog at that level, but maintain control. Uh, collar on. I, I rarely, rarely, rarely train without a collar. There's pros and cons to doing it. Um, but, but have the collar on, walk the dog nicely to the line. If you got to go back and forth and back and forth, am I ready for another bush? Yeah, I just cracked one. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, so get them jacked up because what happens is most folks will be like, well, they don't do this in training. They only do it at the test. So we've got to recreate the test environment as best we can, whether that's getting a couple buddies out there with their dogs and having your dog run last. So they've heard four or five dogs run before them. They're extremely excited. You can hold obedience to a high standard and then run your setup. Just practice, practice, practice. Um, but you, you know, you're going to need to do a walk up. You're going to need to run blinds. The dog needs to run blinds. I mean, they can't hunt the bird up when you say back, they've got to go stop and cast and change directions and do a nice job. Seasoned is very, uh, I would say generous. They're, they're going to give you some leeway. So if you or your dog makes little mistakes here and there, that's okay. Stay patient, stay in the game, stay focused, stay calm, take deep breaths, don't rush, um, take your time. Uh, once you're in the holding blind and the dog or the judges go like, all right, you know, number 14, are you ready? And you say yes. And they're like, all right, 14, dog to the line. Now the ball is in your court. Take your time. Go slow. Take deep breaths. If you're super nervous, the dog is going to feel that. They're going to feel something different in you compared to training where you're in control and you're like, I got this. Training day, healing stick, e-collar, I got gotcha. you. 
they're going to be like, hmm, he's different or she's different today. I'm going to take advantage. So take deep breaths, calm down, slow down, and have fun. All right, Kev, what else we got? I saw Will Dunn had a long question. What do you got? Will Dunn was wondering, uh, what do you do with your dogs during the summer, regarding summer heat that is? Not when it comes to running them on big setups and stuff, but sitting in the trailer or in the kennels. Keep them hydrated. Keep them in the shade. You know, I think dogs, there, there's a couple things. Heat, ex- heat exhaustion is a real thing. So, like, we all worry about hypothermia in the cold, but hyperthermia, that's heat exhaustion, is a real thing, and more dogs die of heat exhaustion and heat stroke than they die of freezing and cold temperatures. So, great question. Um, I would say you got to keep them in the shade. You know, my trailer has fans on it, so in the summer my fans are rolling, and the fans don't blow air on them. They blow or suck air out. So the breeze is going through the breezeway, and the air is pulling out. So all that warm air is being pulled out. Keep them in the shade. You know, if you have a, a outdoor kennel right in the south, have fans going. Um, you're going to want to work them earlier in the morning and later at night and not the heat of the day. Take a little Mexicano siesta, you know, that midday lazy period where maybe you do your business paperwork at, you know, noon to two and at two o'clock you go. Um, water work more than less, but you also have to be careful of water. If the water is too warm, then the dog is going to be overheating in the water, right? If the water temperature is extremely hot and then it's extremely hot outside, you're just as likely to have heat exhaustion. So, um, just be weary of it. Uh, just plan ahead, plan ahead. I know I I keep a couple, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, shorter sessions, shorter periods. So don't, you know, run them for 25 minutes or whatever the case may be. And then mental stress, right? If you're running a blind with a dog and you're eating them up and they're stressed out and they don't know what to do and you're getting on to them and the pressure's rising and, you know, the collar number is rising and things are getting out of hand, they're, they're going to, their body temperature is going to rise from stress, and so you have to be conscious of that where it's like, you know what, I'm going to lose this battle in the case and I'll win it tomorrow because the dog's overheating out there. If their mouth is gaping wide open and they're just, you can see the back of their throat, not good, bud. So, um, yeah, that's that. We always uh, suggest that people keep their dog as safe as possible with Gunner. They have a pretty awesome fan system that you can get to that hooks up to the outside of the kennel to do the same thing as Bob was saying on his big fancy trailer where it pulls air in and then helps kind of circulate colder air. It's also like waterproof and just bad to the bone. So if you're interested and want to check that out, I have two of them. They're, they're sweet. It's worth it. Uh, JGYO. Why don't you tweet, tweet, tweet on blinds once they're, once they find the blind. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would tell you that once the dog finds the bumper or bird, they know they need to bring it back to me. So it is 
uh, redundant, unnecessary tweets to have them come in. I mean, if a dog really kicks ass and finds that bird, I'll just yell to them, hey, good dog. They just they just come because they know better, right? Like if they're like uh, today, I had a dog smack a blind, and she, I'm like, woo, had a girl. It was Lizzie, smacked it, and Lizzie's a great dog. Yeah, and she's learning blind, so I'm like, woo, had a baby. She sp- <laughs> spins and starts going the wrong way. No idea where she was. She's just like, freaking gone, baby. Like, whoa, whoa, hey. And it, but, you know, I don't know. I could have tweet, tweet, tweeted, but it, whatever. I'm like, hey, 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 come here. Come on, knucklehead. Let's go. And she, like, spun around, looked at me, and was like, oh, yeah, here he is. The kicker is, you know how many marks and fun bumpers and things that they have done in their life where they go and get something and bring it back to me? By the time they're running real marks and real blinds, I don't need to help them come back to me. They know better. Um, that's the truth. Captain Andrew. Uh, says, rookie here, interested in doing hunt tests, but never been to one. Should I go as a spectator first before running his first one? Good for you, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Congratulations on being a newbie. It is the best. Uh, Stay in touch. Yeah. Um, yeah, go. I don't know where you live and how close they are to you, but I would say go watch, and I would watch every stage of the game. I'd go to junior and spend two hours. You know, watch a bunch of dogs, watch a 10 dogs run and be like, that dog did well. That dog did well. That dog ate it. That dog ate it. That dog did well. That dog did well. And be like, I want my dog to do well. So what did that handler do from the start to the finish? And how did they look? And then the dogs who sucked, what did the handler do from start to finish? What did the dog screw up from start to finish? And how do I prepare a dog to not make those mistakes? Then you go to senior or seasoned and you watch and you learn and you say the same thing. Watch 10 of them and say five for five did really well. What did they do? Five for five sucked. What did they do? And you prepare yourself so that when you show up to test day, you're in that group that does well. And then master or finished, watch 10 of them and say, these are my goals. This is what I want my dog to look like when all all is said and done. Um, and that'll be good. O- open that bottom down up a little bit. Yeah, Kevin, let it air. Is that Bunny? Yeah, it's Bunny Snipes. Top qualities of a great hunting dog from Lando Fasho 1901. And then I want to hear about Bunny's Andy Pup. So we're going to hear about that after. But top qualities of a great hunting dog? You say it. Do you Kevin. want my professional yeah. opinion? Uh, good eyes, good nose, great lap dog, a lot of fun at home, good off switch, and uh, I like a dog that can just go for the whole hunt. There is, I don't know, you get a dog, a hunting dog to go hunting with. It stinks when the dog is fat and lazy and done after a half hour, but you took a half day off of work and you're going to go and put some miles down and go hike around looking for grouse, or you're going to go sit in the cold, but the dog doesn't want to. I want a dog that wants to be there as much as I do. Yeah, I agree with you. You might have fancier words to use, but the blue-collar version is, I want a dog that wants to be there as bad as I do and is also fun to be around. It stinks when uh, 
as a not pro- professional, um, you know, I want my dogs to be dogs. So I like when they want to like come barreling out of the kennel and have fun and they're running around and they're excited and they're kind of like doing their little cute wiggle. You know what I'm talking about? As opposed to the dog that is so rigid and in routine that they, they just snap right into heel. It's like, no, I respect. That's awesome. Like that's a dog who knows their job and they're a professional athlete. That's super cool. To me, personally, I like a little bit more of that balance of like, 80% 80% of the year, if not more, they're like my buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think there's a happy medium in there. Truthfully, I yeah, really do. Right, I think there's you a happy and I medium. Look at different, we look for different things in dogs. True. I still want a dog that's exactly what you said. Exactly what you said. You know, you mentioned good nose, good eyes. They want to be there. When a bird's knocked down, they really, really want to go and get it. Um, the enthusiasm's there. A good hunting dog for me is a dog that is super excited to be there, but also calm. Like, they can relax during the quiet times. You know, Kevin and I are not freaking duck killers. It's just, why do you think I named my company Lone Duck? Exactly. There's a lot of coffee drinking. Lone Duck might as well suck. We go out and we'll shoot a couple birds here and there and we have a great time, but the dog needs to be able to realize when there's some downtime. I don't want him to fall asleep. I want him to be excited. I want him to be ready. I want him to be watching the sky for sure, but I can't, I, I despise hunting with a dog that whines. So I need them to be enjoyable to be around in the blind. I need to be them to be obedient enough to where they're not jumping around and bored and disrupting things and or knocking over guns or having mud and cold water spewed all over our blind bags and our you know whatever so that that's a real discussion but in the grand scheme of things steady mark birds have fun want to keep going if we're smashing them want to be there even if we're not smashing them and uh just a all-around pleasure to be around if they're a dink they can uh, they they can be gone i i always say everything's better with a good dog yeah and i feel like you can but specifically with a good dog yeah all right hey our friend uh elliot here hc leashes.com handler's choice baby uh talked about asked about diversion birds and walk-up birds all right, a diversion bird. Now, in uh, some of the tests, you're going to get, at master level, you're going to get a diversion shot or a diversion bird. A diversion shot is when the dog is coming back with a bird, ret- retrieving it to me, and pow, a diversion shot is shot out. And then they still have to work. Maybe they got to pick up another mark. Maybe they got to run a blind. But somewhere out in the field, as they're retrieving a bird, pow, something goes off that's a diversion shot it can really screw a dog up if you've got to run a why why is it possible to screw a dog were you gonna say that no i wasn't i don't know because i told you it would (laughs) i get i understand (laughs) it's a good question like no great question i'm teasing you (laughs) because it does screw them up like right they're they're coming back with a bird and they hear bow and they're like 
What else is going on? What was that? And then you got to come back and run a blind over yonder way. And they're like, no, 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 bro. I heard a shot over there. And their eyeballs keep going over here, going over here. You know, you got to pull them off of it. So that's where that comes into play. A diversion bird is they're coming back with a mark. And a bird is thrown in their general vicinity with a shot. And they've got to hang on to the bird that they're holding, come back, and go get the bird that was thrown as the diversion. Um, so let's put this, close your eyes, everybody, unless you're driving. A diversion bird in a real hunting scenario would be me and Kevin shoot at birds. I knock mine down. Kevin's flies away. Likely story. My dog goes out and gets that bird. And then as I'm reloading, that one that Kevin misses comes around and I get my gun ready again and I shoot that sucker again and it falls and and Memphis is bringing that original duck back that I shot. You know, let's say the, the Drake Mallard is circling back around because I shot its girlfriend and he comes back and I pull that over and under back together and I you're what? forgetting what the whole point of this story was. Yeah, you're right. I'm going. I'm di- I'm digressing here, just e- elaborating on the the story. But you're all envisioning Kevin. You know, maybe his gun jammed. That's likely, or maybe he's just not quick on the draw reloading. But I'm quick. I reload my over under, and I crack that mallard as he's coming back around looking for his girlfriend. And Memphis is already out there grabbing the hen mallard, and because uh, I shoot hens, I don't care. Um, She's bringing it back to me, and I knock that Drake Mallard down, and it splashes 15 feet from her, and she still hangs onto the hen, brings it back to me, turns around, looks out good at the duck I just shot again, and I send her. That's a diversion bird. In a hunt test, they're going to go out for a bird, come back, and in the midst of that comeback, they're going to throw a bird at her. How I work on that? Practice, 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 baby. Just practice it. So when they're coming back from a, a retrieve, throw a bumper near them. I start out far away. So, like, I'll throw it. If they're coming back to me straight at me, I'm going to throw it out at my 90. And then they're going to come back, go pick that up. And then I'm going to do it at a 45. They're going to come back and pick that up. And then I'm going to throw it, like, right at them. And they're going to come back and pick that up. I make sure the dog is through force fetch. Um, I don't do that too young. This is, like, a more advanced skill. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Did you build your dog trailer's ventilation system, uh, or did it come with it, and where'd you get yours? Uh, My trailer is from Mountaintop Custom Kennels. It came with it, and we beefed it up, so we have several fans in there to create the most ventilation possible. Captain Andrew uh, says he's from Florida and has a dog at Plains. Nice. Chime in. Cheers to you, buddy. Uh, what kind of? What kind? Yeah, he's got a Boykin. I'd get you. Blaine has more dogs than just Boykins, right? Yeah, but Let's see, there you go, Captain Andrew. I bet you got a Boykin. You seem like a Boykin guy with the name Captain Andrew. Who would win in an arm wrestling competition? Me or Bob? I got more weight, but Bob's got like a leaner muscle going right now, and he's got a tiger shirt on. So. Probably me. <laughs> have a, uh, Aaron says he's got a three and a half month old Chessie. Uh, doesn't have a huge interest in bumpers. What do you got? 
That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, man. Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half months old. I wouldn't worry too much. You got to build the interest. So, man, there's so many things. Like, I don't know. It's COVID time. Maybe you work from home. Maybe the dog's outside of the crate all day long. And then after work, you try and get him to do a couple bumpers. And he's bored because he's been awake all day playing. You know, in that the dogs need to be in crates. I hope everybody understands this. I think your dogs don't need to be in crates all the time. I don't want your dog to be confined and have nothing but work and going potty and then work and going potty and being in a crate the rest of their life. That's not what I'm saying. But I think dogs can be overstimulated, maybe possibly overexercised. Like, and I'm a huge proponent of exercise. I'm a huge proponent of hikes and socialization and da-da-da-da-da. But if I know I'm going to go out and throw a few bumpers, I'm not going on a two-mile hike beforehand and then throwing bumpers. I'm going to throw bumpers and then go on my two-mile hike. I'm going to get that dog at its peak interest level to do what I want it to do, and then I'm going to go do the other things that help build it into being a good dog. As far as not being super interested, you have to be more interesting. Huh? He's not talking into his microphone. You have to explain what I mean. You have to be more interesting. Hey, buddy, buddy. Oh, my goodness. What do you got? Come on, buddy. Oh, boop, 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 boop. Throw it. And, and watch my bush light. I'm teasing the puppy. I'm doing figure eights. Watch that bush light. You want that bush light? You want that bush light? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. And that puppy's mouth is going whap, whap, whap. Crap. And you're as soon as he goes to chomp on it, you're pulling it away. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, I pull it away. Do it again. I pull it away. There you go, baby. So as soon as he's he's getting excited, and I'm just teasing and teasing, and I'm hey, come on, baby, come on. Woo, what you got? What you got? What you got? Oh, that a boy, that a boy. Come on. And he's chomp, 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 and he's missing, 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 and then I toss it. It's like, boom! I can't take it anymore, and I got to go and get it. You build that drive. You, you can't just take a bumper and throw it and have him go and get it. Now, if you're doing everything I just said, and he still doesn't like it, well, I would say he's still young, and you have to practice, and you have to stop, you know, maybe do it every other day. Maybe you got to find a, a live pigeon. Maybe you've got to get a, get a live pigeon and kill it and take a, a pigeon wing or a duck wing from your freezer. you got to do something. Find something that he likes, a Kong, a squeaky toy, a rope, uh, something that dog likes. Get him to go get it and bring it back. That's it. It's as simple as that. And it's not simple. It's not. And that's why you're asking the question because it's like, well, what would I do if I had a puppy that didn't like it? I would try everything. I would beg, borrow, and steal. I would, I would lather that bumper in peanut butter. I don't give a crap. What you got to do, but you make that thing, and I'm kidding, I probably wouldn't lather a bumper in peanut butter. No, but you make it so desirable so, and something that they, they're they left wanting more of, and it's not something that they get 50 a day. They don't, I mean, we didn't get very much information here, but like maybe this person leaves it in their dog kennel and they get to chew on it all the time and it's not very special. Great and it's point, just Kevin. Great point. If the that, greatest. That bumper should be the pinnacle on a pedestal, literally, you know, that girl in high school 
who you couldn't get was on a pedestal because she wouldn't date you. Right? Because she I never just had that problem. <laughs> Both. No, but you could make a good I point. Yeah. I know I had that yeah, problem. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen my chins? Please. Look at that. Yeah. No, we all had that problem. There was always that person out of our reach. And it's because they were out of our reach that we wanted them. If they were within our reach, we'd be like, oh, that's cool for one date. And they're like, eh, you know, old news. You got to have that bumper be on a pedestal where they only get it when it's work time. And I mean work loosely. This should be fun. This is a, this is, this is fun. Um, but if they can have it and chew on it or you try it seven times a day and da da da, da no, just it should mean the most to them. All right. So I hope that helps, brother, because it's, and the other thing is, it's still a baby. You know, if you told me it was six months old and didn't like a bumper, I'd be like, we need to have a phone call. You got to get on that patreon.com and we need to handle this. But it's three and a half months old. It's got a loose attention span. You know, you'll get there. I promise you, if you do what we just talked about, you'll be fine. At that point, you've only had the dog for six weeks. Right. So you're good. All right. CS Shitter. (laughs) I didn't mean to say it that way. Shitter. Uh, Best method of de-cheating. Dog not coming back straight line and taking short line. Um, De-cheating. All right, I'm going to go super quick through this one because this is a massive thing. This might be a a podcast. We've done it with Blaine or at least dabbled in it with Blaine, but maybe we need to just have a straight de-cheating podcast. Dog need, I mean, dog needs to be through force fetch. Dog needs to be through T pattern. Dog doesn't, I mean, you can be doing deep. I'm quote, sorry for everyone on the podcast. I'm going quotes. You don't have to be through swim by and T pattern to de cheat. It is way more helpful when you can cast them back into the water. And therefore, you need to be through T pattern and through swim by. But there are things you can do to get your point across that get in the water. Um, like today, I had a young dog. He's not through swim by. He's through T pattern, but he, he wouldn't stop. He didn't do what I wanted him to do, so whatever. But when he went to cheat the bank, no here. Called him back, lined him up, sent him. He went in the water. There's no pressure, but he didn't get the reward by going on the bank. He had to come back all the way to me. He's like, what the heck? Now, if he did it again, I'd probably say no here again and throw that bumper again. I I would. We need to have a whole podcast on this. So because I could talk for another 15 minutes on that, I don't want to. But or at least at this moment, I don't want to. But the key is you have to have the fundamentals built up and you have to have corners and you have to have bird boys or wingers set up to where you can manage the situation where the bird or bumper is landing exactly where you want it to land. And if the dog goes to cheat, no here. If the dog goes to cheat again, throw the bird again. And if they cheat again, no here. Then the old Lyle Steinman, no hands back. So if they go and they cheat, no here, stop them where they made the mistake and then just yell back. They better turn and go the correct way. Let them make the decision. If they go the wrong way, I'm using collar correction. 
And and for some dogs, if they go to cheat the first time, no here with yink yink yink, like getting it, getting it. Okay, young dogs who are just learning this, I'm just going to use attrition over and over and over again until they get it correct. And then I'm also might make that bumper or duck go further out into make it less cheaty, right? So I'm going to throw it further or walk out and throw it further, or I'm going to change the angle of my line to make it less cheaty and re-throw it so that they have success. And then I'm going to come back, make it a little cheatier, get wet. Um, if they go and get wet and then come back and cheat, you take that dog back to where the they picked the mark up, sit them down, walk all the way back around, sit them down, or excuse me, yeah. Sit, walk them where they made the mistake, sit, walk all the way back around the bank and call them to you. If they do it again, walk them all the way back to the bank, sit them down, walk all the way back, call them to you. It sucks. But if they're not through swim by and they're not through this whole process, that's how you work on it. Take them back where they made the mistake, sit, walk all the way back, call them to you. Get them to do it right. What else you got, Kevin? Andrew uh, asked about dates for seminars. Uh, We do not have those yet would like to want to work on it want to try and figure something out with we're gonna say august let's just say august i don't know when in august but let's just say we're gonna do it in august sound good to you buddy august uh maybe august 16th it's a good day uh what day is boo-boo. that uh wednesday boo boo <laughs> says it's kevin's birthday kevin i've got a five-year-old daughter who loves uncle bob are there any tips for breaking this habit no no that's life, bud. I'm sorry that she's only five. Ed, she could see his, I only wear Crocs, hooves, and don't do that on an Instagram live. We're going to lose every follower. Uh, that'll that'll fix it. Um, oh, that's Jeremy Williams. Remember we gave, Bo's going to be famous again. Remember, Jeremy, we were talking about him on the podcast and how his daughter Bo... Loves listen, and she gets in the car at work and or after school, and she's like, "Do we have to listen to Mister Bob again?" Bo, shout out to you, girl. What's hey, up? I love you. <laughs> come hang out at the farm. Yeah, come up to New York. Six month old. All right, Calvin. Six month old lab loves pigeons and retrieves pigeons. Not real stoked about bumpers. Do I have an issue on my hands? No, you don't have an issue on your hands. Y- you might have done too many pigeons, not enough bumpers you know, where the balance is off, where they've had so much fun picking up pigeons and dead pigeons and ducks and whatnot that bumpers are not as exciting. I would take three days off, throw them bumpers, take two days off, throw them bumpers, take one day off, throw them bumpers, throw them bumpers, throw them bumpers, and then go back to a pigeon here and a pigeon there. If your dog already likes birds and pigeons and da 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 das then you're good. If they don't like to play with bumpers, you're going to have a hard time with a lot of other things. Then I would say at six months old, man, you're about to go through all your formal stuff, collar conditioning, force fetch, all that, and then they don't have a choice whether they like it or not, one over the other. They're going to figure out that they have to and that, that all of them are more are equally as fun. So no, you do not have a problem, um, but I would say if your dog doesn't have the same enthusiasm for bumpers, then stop throwing at pigeons for the time being. And just work on bumpers where that uh, natural instinct kicks in more. And it's just like, I don't care what you throw. Just throw it, baby. That's what I would do. All right. Uh, Let's scroll one more time and just see if we missed anything here. 
Da 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 da. I would definitely win the, the arm wrestling match. Shout out to Bree. Somebody brought up a good point of uh, warm water, especially down south. There's different algae blooms to to watch for. Keep an eye out for that. We also have type of that type of stuff up here. Blue green algae. Uh, keep an eye out. It's usually on the news when there's blooms in different lakes. And we did a YouTube uh, video on a, that. A good YouTube video. Um, but that's something to keep an eye out for. For yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we did a YouTube video all on blue green algae and what to look for. And so check that out. You can probably, is it just Lone Duck Outfitters on YouTube, bud? Yep. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to sign off real quick on the old Instagrams. I want to say thank you for tuning in real quick. Check out patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Buy us a beer if we answered your question. Thank you all for tuning in. Sayonara, baby. Hey, do me a solid. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our Instagram, if we've helped you at all, join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. If you do it before September of 2023, you're going to enter to win a hunt with me and Kevin and a bunch of other Patreon members down in Missouri. We're going to smack some ducks, have some fun, do a seminar with our dogs, and have a great time. But jump into patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Links in the description and join the community that helps me help you help your dog. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.